Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. Good morning, Thrive. It gets. All right. That's the thing we say at Thrive. If you don't know, if you're newer, it gets better, though. It doesn't always get easier with Jesus, but it does get better. Uh, today was crazy. This weekend has been crazy. We, uh, we uh, were the Canal Day service. We're the host this year, and we're so thrilled to be here. But uh, we found out about 4 o'clock last night that uh, it wasn't in front of City Hall like it used to be. And uh, so we sent out a message. To, so the fact that you're even here is amazing. Uh, that anybody's here. And then uh, the weather didn't help us, I don't think, today. Uh, but we made it, and we're here. Um, and, and that's us as a church. We, are, we pivot and move. And uh, some churches are our cruise ship. We're a jet ski. We can turn fast. Yeah, um, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and that's, that's kind of who we are. Thrive Church, you will never be bored. You may not like everything, but you'll never be bored. You can claim a lot of things about Thrive. Boredom is not one of them. Um, and, and what's interesting, I think you could say the same thing about Lockport. It is such a unique town. It has this feel of like the small town but yet a suburb and part of the city still. It maintains a much stronger community feel. Like I grew up in the suburbs of like Evergreen Park, Oak Forest, Orland. I, I knew nobody who was like, Orland Park, yeah! <laughs> like, it was like, that's where I lived. But Lockport has a sense of community and pride about it. Very unique, right? Nobody goes to New Lenox and they're like, New Lenox! It's like, yeah, that's where I live. But that's how they feel about Lockport. Because it's so unique. It's this converging town, and it's really kind of a foundational town. This foundational town, actually, a lot of people don't know this. I'm going to invite somebody up in a second who's a friend and, and also been a, 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 a friend as a leader in the community of Lockport. But this, this city, a lot of people say the canal, the canal basically helped connect. Is it the Des Plaines River? Chicago, all the way back to the Mississippi. Some people even say that if it wasn't for Lockport, St. Louis would be Chicago because of the idea that it opened trade up and it made it what it is, uh, that it helped make Chicago what it is. It's just a unique town. And now, now, right, it's still a unique town in that kind of low income, high income, medium income all converge here. Right, if we go a suburb over in Homer Glen, there's no low-income people in Homer Glen, right? Sox players are in Homer Glen. Like, they don't live there, right? Um, but Sox players don't live in Joliet very much, right? And, and this is a unique town that way. It embraces the art and tradition, but also progress in moving forward. It's just a cool city. It's just so unique. But a few years ago, I think somewhere in the 1970s, what happened is there was 
a giant Texaco plant here that closed. I'm right in saying this, Robert, right? You can come on up, Bob. I'll, I'll introduce you in a second. And that really kind of devastated the economy of this city for a long time. Really until about 20 to 30 years later when 355 was put through, uh, this town was much more like a suburb of Joliet than it was a suburb of Chicago. Because uh, it dis- it was you had to take long roads to get into the city from here. It decimated, and that changed the atmosphere. But even so, there was a lot of problems in the city. Am I right, Bob? And Bob, with a few other people, did something pretty cool and that I was long before my time here. Bob and, and several other people of God began to pray. Bob, would you talk about that for a couple minutes and just say what the city was in, what you prayed, and what you saw God do? Sure. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So, um... I, it, what Pastor Brian just talked about, about the city being a city that we're all kind of proud and excited about, that you know, we see cool things like this festival and our downtown thriving and prospering and things like that. That hasn't always been the case. The, the closing of the Texaco Chevron facility was a big blow to our whole, whole world. Um, but for almost all of our 200-year history, we have been distinctively known as being a, a city that's gossiping and bickering and feuding and mm. just a lot of cantankerousness. Um, so about 15 years ago, there's a, a group of uh, 12 churches that all have two common threads. One, these 12 churches all believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of the living God, and yeah. Amen. he is the only way of salvation. Second threat, we all believe that the Bible is the Word of God, and we don't compromise on the Word of God. So 99% of the crucial stuff these 12 churches all agree on. And with that, we get together once a month, either in the mayor's office or at the police department, and we pray for our city. So God loves it when his people come together and pray. Um, In... You know, those 15 years that we've been praying, uh, one of our hallmark verses is uh, Second Chronicles 714, where he says, if my people who are called by my name will seek my face, get on their knees and pray and confess their sins, I will hear their voice, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. He's done that in this city. The, the contentiousness, the bickering, the gossiping. Our city council meetings used to be a joke. People, Channel 6, the, the government TV station, had a really high rating because people loved to watch what a joke our city council meetings were. They were it was like watching a soap opera. But God healed that. Um, and I think of another verse, um, you know, when we, we started praying, God's word says that he will do immeasurably beyond anything that we could ask or imagine. And he's done that in our city. You know, we've gone from praying in just back rooms and to praying in the mayor's office. We've now got a Christian mayor. The police chief begged us to come and pray at the police department. So four times a year we go to the police department and we pray at the police department and it has transformed the city. This festival, 15 years ago, 
Um, you know, it, the festival had great origins. It was celebrating our history, but it deteriorated into a, a place where it was nicknamed Sewer Days because it, 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 it wasn't a good group of people that you wanted your kids hanging around with. But look at it now. Now we've got a worship service happening on the main stage. That's because God does immeasurably beyond anything that we could ask or imagine. Amen. So Amen. we're not. Yeah. Yes. And we're not done yet. So I mean, we've. It, it, there's immeasurably more that he could do. We want to see a revival in this town, where this town is not just known as being a historic town that's beautiful and strong and prospering. We want to be known as a Jesus town, a town where his name is celebrated and glorified. So Amen. with that, um, periodically, usually about once a year, we get together, and um, this year we're going to do it on July 7th. It's a Friday night. We're going to get, to their, get together at the city council chambers in City Hall, and uh, we're going to gather. We're going to break up into groups of twos and threes, and you're going to get sent out into the city to go throughout the city and pray for our city. We'll have some people that'll go and lay hands on their schools, lay hands on our churches, lay hands on our police department, our businesses. We want to just go out and pray over our city. Um, it'll be pretty simple. We'll just we'll meet, we'll spend about an hour going out, praying for a city. We'll come back and kind of tell stories. I think uh, Jesus did something like that where he sent out... Yeah, anyway. So <laughs> that's what we want to do. So uh, there'll be more reminders, but July 7th at 6 o'clock, we're going to meet on the third floor of the city hall and uh, gather and go out and pray for our city. And we're going to see immeasurably beyond anything that we could ask or imagine. Amen. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it so much. Love you, man. All right. They saw God do something in this city. So from what it was to what it is now. Now is Lockport a perfect city and everybody follows Jesus? I don't think so, but no city is, right? That's when Jesus comes back. But we've, they've seen God move in such great ways to turn a city around. And it's not just about Lockport. It's about God moving on the earth and in the kingdom and in power. You know, one of the things I, I've heard is that there were drug addicts and drug deals and Satan worshipers and all kinds of things happening in Delwood. And they, the team just began to pray about it. And one day, some guy shows up and says, I want to open a disc golf course. Well, flying discs discourage people from standing around smoking weed, right? So you just don't want to do it anymore. And God uses all kinds of things to advance his kingdom and stop fallenness and sin. And he just moves in power, and he restores lives. We've seen the power of God at work. We've watched what God does. God moves, and he moves in power. And there's a story in Acts, and, and on the theme of it gets better, though. There's a story in Acts, in Acts chapter 3, where Peter and John decide, we're going to go in and pray at the temple today during, during the prayer time. And if you have your Bibles, you can go there, Acts chapter 3. I'm going to start reading, and we're going to read through the story. As Peter and John are going in, they get stopped along the way because God has an appointment that they didn't have. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a lame man from birth was being carried in. 
Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people who were going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankle were instantly restored and healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then, walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them And all the people saw him walking and heard him and praising God when they realized he was the lame beggar that he'd seen so often the beautiful gates, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Now I want to make a note real quick. This story is not about Peter or John or the lame man. This story is about the power of God. This is a man who's been unable to walk his whole life, and his best life at this point, people carrying him to the gate where people enter the city, like if we went to the front of Canal Days, and we'd set you there, and people came there every day, and all you do is just beg for money, hoping somebody gave you something to survive, to buy food that day, to buy clothes, whatever you need, just to get through the day. There were no doctors who could, but not only that, this was from birth. He'd always been this way. It wasn't even gradual. And God in a moment changes his life. There's a neat quote from a commentary. The main point of the story is the continuing power of the name of Jesus to perform the same gracious and healing acts that were signs in the Gospels in the coming of the kingdom or rule of God. What's cool about this story, this is evidence and proof it didn't stop at Jesus It was just getting started. If you don't believe that God still moves, I don't know why you're here. (laughs) Because I'm not that good of a speaker. I mean, our band's pretty good. But ultimately, it's cold, it's wet, and it's early. (laughs) Why not sleep? There are churches that just said, "We, we don't really believe the Bible totally like we're not too intense about it anymore and I'm always like so why don't you sleep I don't understand rest I would but this is a story that points out God is still moving on the earth and he wants to touch people in this specific story the first thing we see is the power of God can just surprise us it can just come out of nowhere That guy at the gate, he wasn't expecting a miracle that day. He was just hoping for some money. How many of us, God, have shown up to us at at any given point and just surprised us, been like, bam, God just did that, and I didn't see it coming? God is so good that way. 
He can just surprise us out of nowhere and say, hey, I got this. Hey, I'm going to heal this. Hey, I'm going to provide for this. Hey, I'm going to come through for you when you can't see it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deliver you out of this when you can't. I'm going to take this away from you. I have a buddy named Greg who, when he came to Christ, he ran to the altar that day, he gave his life to Christ, and instantly, in just a moment, God heals him from an addiction to drugs and alcohol. Overnight. Boom. And he wasn't looking for that. He was just saying, I'm in a bad way. I need something. And right now, God's all I got. And God, sometimes when you find out God's all you got, you also figure out God's all you need. Because he can do everything. As, as Robert just said, as Bob just said, abundantly more than we could ask, think, or imagine. The beggar that day had, had no idea that day his life would be changed forever. The day I met Jesus, I was just a kid. I was like nine years old. That night I had no clue my life was going to be changed forever. No idea. I had no clue the times of, of God when he met me and, and knocked me over or, or just hit me. I, I, I'm almost never expecting it. I, I said the other day on social media, I said, we, and he often surprises us. How many of us quit right before the surprise is there? You know, how many people have had like a surprise party? I, I remember watching those shows growing up, and they'd be like, we've got a surprise party. So we're going to ignore their birthday all day till that night when it's surprise. And I always thought, what a cruel, sick joke. <laughs> I remember just the 80s were a tough time to be a child. The world was a much harsher place. We had no safe spaces, okay? And, and, and. And as I grew up, you know, I realized, like, why can't you do both? Even as a kid, I'm like, why couldn't you celebrate their birthday through the day and they have a surprise party, right? Like, that just seems kinder. That just seems a much nicer thing to do. Some of you have probably done that, like, oh, I, I totally. Anybody ever do that? You just ignore somebody all day, and then you're like, surprise at the end. Yeah. My wife tried to do that to me once in Bible college. We were starting to seriously date, and then she came to me, and she's like, I'm, I'm going to move away. I'm going to go to St. Louis and help open a restaurant. So, and I was just devastated. I am decimated. And her plan was all day long. She was going to drag out this practical joke and then at the end be like, April Fools! Ha 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 ha! I was so devastated in the moment that she's starting this prank. She tells me after a couple of minutes that it was a prank and doesn't drag it out all day. To this day, I'm like, how is this funny? Do you get it? Do you get the joke? Because you felt horrible. That's funny, right? I don't understand it to this day. My wife was far more into practical jokes. A lot of the first couple years of marriage, I'd be in a hot shower, just cold water, bam, right on me every time. To this day, she thinks it's hysterical. And to this day, I'm like, it's cruel and unusual punishment, and I don't get it. Why? <laughs> Why? Your suffering is... Our enjoyment, you know, uh, we got to laugh at ourselves. It's okay. Uh, there's been a few times over the years I've gotten her back, to be fair. <laughs> the surprising power, and there's bad surprise, but the man, when God surprises us, it's always a good surprise. It's always so good. And if we just walk with him, man, the things, the thing, walking with God is not easy, 
but it is so good. And the things that God does along the way of a faithful life, over and over and over, you're just like, wow, God, wow, God, wow, God, what he does in the supernatural. That day, that layman had no idea God was going to show up and say, you know what? You don't have to beg anymore. God didn't just change his physical condition. He was running around leaping and praising God. Notice he wouldn't even look up at Peter and John. He didn't change just his condition. He changed his person. He became somebody else. The surprising power of God doesn't change just our circumstances, but our person. How many of us, we want God to change something, but we don't want to change? God's interested in both. Sometimes we're like, well, God changed me, but God can't do it out there. The other way around. You're wrong. How many of you, you should be like Peter and John, and, and you're just, you look at them and you're like, you know what? I'm going to pray for you and believe that God is about to do something in your life. How many of us have been bold enough to say, God can do this. Sometimes we get scared. How many of us have heard the voice of the Lord say, don't be afraid? And we're like, yeah, but what if that's not you? <laughs> well, here's, here's a good promise to know. If it's life-giving, if it's hopeful, if it's true, if it's pure, if it's encouraging, it's probably God. And if it's the opposite of any of that, it probably isn't. John and Peter said, look, I, I don't have much. I really don't have any money. I can't put you up in like a ministry of, of, of housing where, you know, we have ramps to get in and out. He didn't, they didn't have that. What I have, I'll give you. And he didn't give him his power. He said, God has power, and, and, and I'm walking in it. I want you to have it. The power of God is greater than us. Peter and John said, I don't have it, but in the name of Jesus Christ. We have a saying, right? But God. And we just stop it there, like, this is bad, but God I don't like this, but God, this is too hard for me, but God. I'm scared, but God. So I'm going to tell you something most of you know. If you don't, I'll, I'll just clue you in. You know, years ago, my wife and I, we, we lost a child. I struggled, and on and off still do, with PTSD. And there are times and seasons of my life where I am just afraid times irrationally so, like for stupid reasons. And most of you don't know because I'm a duck on a pond. I look calm and underneath the surface I'm like, ah! but on top I'm like, how you doing, Brian? I'm so good, brother. <laughs> right? That's, uh, and we're all that way. It's okay because we don't have to put our business out for everybody to see all the time. Right? And you know what I learned? God hasn't healed me of this but he set me free and helped me walk out in healing. Sometimes God's healing is instantaneous. Sometimes he decides, hey, I want you to walk this healing out and I'm gonna deliver you. 
slowly. For any number of reasons, right? Because he wants me to draw closer, because he wants me to understand victory, because he wants to set me free quickly. Any number of reasons why God does what he does. But as he's done that, I've learned there's some things I just got to do it afraid. And you know what comes after that? The knowledge that my God is always faithful and he is greater than me. That his power is greater than mine. I'm not powerful. I remember years ago when somebody, when somebody left Thrive, they're like, oh, you just think you're so powerful. And I was like, you realize we're, our stuff is in a trailer, right? <laughs> you realize we're not very big, right? Nobody tweets me out, <laughs> you know? But what I do know is even when you're small, God is so big. And when you think you're doing nothing for him but just following him, he is doing more through you than you'll ever know on this side of eternity. If you only ever share with two or three people in your life, those people may share with two or three million. You don't know. But the power of God is greater. The power of God through Peter and John could not the power of God could change him, but Peter and John couldn't. Some of us, we look at somebody or we know somebody and we're like, I just wish I could do this for them. Some of you look at yourself and you're just like, I wish I could change this. I wish I could do that. And here's what I would tell you. Stop wishing and stop hoping and stop pushing on yourself to see this drastic change and start believing and calling on the power of God. That verse, that one story with the person who says to Jesus, it's ministered to me so many times over the years where Jesus says, do you believe I can do it? And he looked at him and he said, Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. Isn't that cool? I love that verse. I love that in that moment the guy's like, so I kind of believe in you, but there's this part of me that just doesn't want to because I'm stuck and I doubt, and I'm human, and in that moment, he prays to the Savior, this part of believe you, will you move on that too? Yeah, I want you to move on the thing I'm believing you for, but I also want you to move on the thing that I just can't believe. Some of us are like, I wish I loved God more. Have you ever asked him, God, would you help me love you more? Some of you are like, I, I like the message, but I hate worship, which I'm like, which, that is a thing to say, okay? <laughs> but they're, they're out there, okay? And I'm always like, so ask God to change you. Some of you are like, I love worship. When Pastor Brian starts talking, I'm on my third round of the coffee bar because <laughs> I just can't listen. Have you ever asked God, make me hungry for your word? Make me love it. Change me. And one way or another, he may give you exactly what you ask for. But one way or another, he hears the cries of his children to give you exactly what you need. The power of God can change us. What I found so amazing over the years, the power of God may change our circumstances often and can and does. But the more powerful thing is when God changes a person. 
We've all heard the phrase, people don't change. Some of you might believe that. And I would tell you you don't believe in Jesus. Uh, okay, let's, wait, let me rephrase that. That's true. Often people don't change. But with Jesus, people change all the time. God transforms lives all the time. That's what he does. The power of God can change and touch a city. The power of God can change and touch a person. The power of God can change and touch circumstances. What is the thing in your life? What is the person in your life? What's going on for you that it just won't change, it just won't break, it just doesn't, won't turn around? My kid is just too far gone and I, I don't know what to do. My finances are so messed up, I can't, I'll never get back. I have this thing and I have this thing in my back that I just can't fix. I, I have this I have this tumor that just won't go. I have this I have this I have this broken relationship I just can't mend. I have this addiction I just can't break. I have this sin I, that just has this hold on me. I have whatever it is. What is that thing? And I want to encourage you. Everybody has the one thing. Everybody has the stuff that they feel like nobody gets and I can't get past. Too alone and stuck? You're actually with everybody else. Everybody's got that. But the power of God is for all of us. And with the power of God, there is no one thing. There is no one thing that lords over us anymore but the Lord himself. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10. So long.